Hello. 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 How are you? How are you all doing? Doing fine. Kids just came, well, two of them just came back from soccer practice. <laughs> well, what time is it there right now? Here it's a quarter after eight. Oh, okay. In the evening. Oh, wow. So are you, how are you guys doing? Are you tired from soccer practice? Um, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> Would you introduce your kids for us, Martin, and tell us their ages? Okay. This here is Noe. He's our American. He's the one that was born while we were in seminary. And that today is his birthday. We just celebrated his seventh birthday today. Happy birthday, Noe. <laughs> um, this here is Sylvan. And how old are you? Nine. He's nine. He just came back from soccer practice. Then um, Timon, can you wave real quick? Timon had his birthday. See, end of February, beginning of March is birthday season. So Timon's birthday was a few days ago, and he just turned 11. Hey, how are you doing? 11 years old, wow. And nine yeah. also. You guys are getting so big. <laughs> this guy here, Yoshi, he just turned 14 when I was in the States, and um, believe it or not, he's 14, he's 6'5", he's my size, I look eye to eye with him, and he wears shoes size 13. Wow. I don't even know where to get shoes for that guy anymore. It's That's going to get expensive for you, Martin, I know, because I have that yeah. same problem with my boys. <laughs> I'm going to the boat section nowadays to get his shoes, you know. <laughs> yeah. So, do all the boys play soccer? Um, no. Sylvan and Timon play soccer. Um, Noe here, he's kind of doing um, gymnastics and just all kinds of different sports together. And Yoshi used to play soccer, but he's playing handball right now. Oh, wow. Handball. So are there handball courts indoors or are they just outdoor? They're indoor. Oh, okay. Now, is that a competitive sport or is it just something you enjoy? Um, it's something he enjoys right now. He's been playing soccer for many years. And then when we came here, he thought he wants to try something else, but he might switch back to soccer okay he hasn't decided that's yet. great those are, that's wonderful all those sports keep you running all the time soccer and handball yeah. you know no standing around and martin we know you played american football right yeah so why aren't <laughs> the boys playing football uh i played american football when i was in the states um because that's a place to play it over here there's a few teams but um they call it the same, but it's just not the same. Okay. It's, I never played when I came back to Switzerland. I just played it in the United States. So do one of you boys want to just tell us something that you really like about Switzerland? Just kind of give us an idea of, you know, what, what there is the greatest thing to do. So hmm? I like ski driving, so... Ski. Ski, uh, skiing. Skiing. <laughs> well, that's See, when I came over to Shepherd's Conference, 
which I just left from a ski retreat that we had with our church plant. So um, they were all up there in the snow, and then I drove down here, went to the airport, and flew to L.A. Wow, that sounds like a lot of fun. Was Is that downhill skiing, or is it cross-country? No, downhill. Wow, that is fun. So you guys, are you all good skiers? And you too, Gabby? Hello, Gabby, by the way. I didn't mean to ignore <laughs> you. <laughs> um, actually, we just learned skiing last year because we lived in Berlin and there is oh, no. everything flat. The kids just learned skiing yeah. last year. The kids. I, I used to be a part-time ski instructor growing up. And Gabby is a pretty good skier too. But um, we lived in uh, Berlin, which has zero mountains and then we lived in uh, LA for seminary time and didn't get any skiing in but since we got back to Switzerland we thought we have to give the kids a chance to at least learn how to ski they, they're starting to get the hang of it now now they're starting to enjoy it oh that's great that is fun I've only skied a couple times but I know once you get really good it's it's a lot of fun it's great yeah. so um, boys how is school there? Is that something you enjoy? You guys aren't homeschooled, are you? Or are you? No, we're not homeschooled. How do you like school? Tell something. I enjoy it. <laughs> Noe says he likes going to school. He's a first grader. So, um, you know, with all his other brothers in school, he couldn't wait to go there as well. <laughs> well, I'm glad somebody likes it. <laughs> Do you like school? No. No? They like sports better. Well, that's, that's good. That's good. I mean, I don't really like school that much either, to be honest. But it, it is, you have to go. Everybody has to go. Yeah. So. It's part of growing yeah. up. <laughs> well, thank you so much, boys, for meeting us tonight. I guess the girls are, are busy, huh? Yeah. Um, Lois is busy. Shoelle, she, she's not staying with us at the moment because um, she's finishing her apprenticeship to be a nurse, a certified nurse, and she's got um, about three more months, and she stayed in Bern after we moved because she started her apprenticeship there. So actually, she will be here in about an hour or so. Whenever she has her days off, she comes here, and then uh, in the summer, she wants to move in with us again and pick up uh, a job close by to where we moved right now. And she's 19 now, right? Well, no, she's 20. It was her birthday, too. She had her 20th birthday uh, March 6th. Wow. So we have five birthdays between February 25th and March 18th. Wow, that's a busy time in your house, I guess. A lot of cakes to make and presents to buy. <laughs> yeah, but the good thing is you just decorate once and then you just leave it up for three weeks. <laughs> that's good. That's great. Um, and how about, why don't you just tell us about Lois? Is she 14 or 15? She's going to be 16 this fall, and she's going to be out of school. And um, the way things work here, after you usually you go nine years, and then you start an apprenticeship or a vocational training where um, you work on the job and you go get kind of vocational training once, one or two days a week. So that's what Joelle's been doing. So she's gone three years, and she's gonna she's gonna finish her first part of being a nurse, and then she's gonna go for another two years and get her bachelorate in nursing, 
and some more experience in the field as well. So they'll both be nurses then, huh? Well, Lois doesn't know what she wants to oh, be yet. Okay. She's, she's kind of trying to check out what she's going to be. Okay. Well, that's great. And um, so you guys speak German in, in Switzerland, right? Swiss German. Swiss German. So what's the difference between Swiss German and German, if you can explain that to us? Um, Swiss German is just a spoken language. Nothing, nothing written is in Swiss German. So, uh, contracts, business papers, um, newspapers, magazines, schools, everything is in standard German, the, like high German, what they speak in Germany. So Swiss German is only a spoken language. And we only have two tenses, believe it or not. We have a present and a perfect, and that's it. Nothing else. So it's a really simple language. But Germans don't understand us when we speak Swiss German, but we understand them. So go figure who's smarter. <laughs> now, <laughs> don't tell that to the Germans, though, okay? Yeah, no, I won't. We won't say anything to Christian about that. But. Yeah, don't say anything. Well, Christian knows. He's gotten used to it by now. <laughs> or to Dieter, either, you know. But um, So now you guys are from Switzerland, right? So you already knew Swiss German. Is that correct? Yep. Okay. Now, boys, was that hard for you? Because what you just moved there, like less than a year ago, right? Um, no, we've been back in Switzerland five years already. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. But uh, we've only moved to Zurich about uh, half a year. Okay, ago. that's what I was thinking. I'm sorry. Yeah. No problem. But we always spoke Swiss German at home with the okay. kids. Okay. All right. So everyone's good to go then. You're you're all the smarter ones. <laughs> at least that's what we tell them okay <laughs> all right well um thank you boys for joining us we want to ask your mom and dad some questions now and hear about you know their ministry and their relationship with the lord so you guys you know i don't know what you want to do but <laughs> huh? okay could you say bye bye, bye. Thank you. Thank you. Hmm? Yeah. Yeah. Bye bye. No. Okay, we're back. Okay. Okay. Thank you for having them there. That was really nice. I hope I wasn't too cruel. <laughs> they, they are shy to speak English, like me. Yeah, English is not their native tongue. And even though they still understand it and are pretty good at it, um, they're kind of shy speaking, especially when there's a lot of people listening. Oh, of course. I totally understand that. Um, well, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourselves? Um, I don't know how much the ladies remember about you. Of course, I remember you. You came here to go to seminary and everything. Yeah. I think it would be great to hear how you came to know the Lord. And then also, how did the Lord lead you to the Master's Seminary? Um, yeah, I want to try to make this brief. First of all, I, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Um, I grew up in a Protestant region of uh, Switzerland, meaning I went to church. That's just what you do, and you get confirmation. You go three years. Um, between the age of 13 and 16, you go to the church and kind of get like, or should be catechized, but... Um, we did everything but that. I mean, I went there for three years for the purpose of 
you get presents when you do confirmation. Uh, but we didn't hear the gospel. We didn't even read the Bible. So uh, I didn't have any idea of what the gospel was about or what the Bible taught. And then when I grew older, I turned out to be, and the people always laugh, I was a long-haired hippie before I got saved. <laughs> Actually, had I had hair longer than yours when I was uh, age 18. And um, I was an exchange student back then, uh, between the age of 17 and 18, graduated from a high school in Indiana, and came back to Switzerland and met a few of my old friends. And um, their lives seemed to be pretty different from what I knew before I went to the States. And um, it was through a friend of mine who used to be just, you know, the kind of kids your parents always told you don't hang around them. I used to be one of them. And when I got saved back then, there was actually, you could say, a local revival because a lot of those guys actually got saved. And I came back and I ran into one of those friends when I came back from the States, age, eight, uh, age 18. And he was the first person to introduce me to the gospel. And he told me how he got saved. He just got saved a few months prior to me returning. And um, I got saved that very night. We sat there for seven hours. I squeezed him like a lemon. He told me everything he knew. And um, by God's grace, I got saved that very night wow. and changed my life dramatically. Wow, that's exciting. So you, you thought was 19 years old? Is that what you said? Or 17? 18. 18. 18. Okay. Yeah. Gabby, how did you become a believer? So for me, it was different. I grew up in a Christian home, and I I wait on my uh, on my 18 years because my parents always told me I have to wait with uh, with to live in the world because I have to turn 18 first. You know, then I can do what I like, and I really wait on my on the, that day. So I went to the world, and I yeah I lived in the world. Then with 22, I went back to, to a church, but I never went back to a church because I, I confessed. Confessed? Mm -hmm. Because I confessed because, just because uh, I was seeking friendly people or another life. And then I, I lived a double life in a church, a double life, for more than two years. And I changed everything from the outside, and they thought maybe I'm I'm now a true believer, you know. And I got also got baptized, but in my inside, I never changed my life. But after when I was 24, I had a really bad car accident, and then I really realized how I lived, and then I really confessed, and I I knew I was a sinner, and then the Lord saved me at that day. After that car accident so then yeah then with 26 I met my husband <laughs> and we met each other at work oh at work where did where did you guys work um well it's kind of funny because I had a job and then a friend of mine came and told me I should come work for this other company which was a uh, a headhunter company you know they start they look for um they look for employees for companies that want, don't want to go public. 
So he said that would be a really good fit for me, and I went there. And um, the only reason God brought me there was to meet my wife because I was there nine months. I hated the place, and I left. But I left married, so that was a good thing, you know. Well, that's that's a true blessing because you have a great wife, so that was worth it. <laughs> yeah. So tell us now. So you're both believers, but you're just working a secular job. And what happened to make you want to go into ministry? Um, I have to go back a little bit because when I got saved, age 18, my life changed so dramatically when I attended church that I was kind of like one of those new converts that you like to show around church because there's such a stark contrast between before and after. So... Um, Things went really smoothly at the church I was at, and um, you know I got involved in ministry and youth ministry and this and that and here and there, and they gave me responsibilities, and everything went way too quick. They, you know, no solid foundation was laid, and um, at the age of 20, I actually traveled to the United States and I uh, checked out Wheaton College, um, Moody Bible Institute, and Trinity in uh, Deerfield, Illinois, because I wanted to become a youth pastor. And uh, Trinity actually offered me a full-time scholarship to study there and become a youth pastor if I would have played football for them. So it seemed like all my dreams came true, you know, study youth ministry, play football, play college football and all of that. And then I came back and um, everything just went too easy for me. You know, everything was kind of just served on a silver platter. And then I started having some doubts, and I met an old friend of mine, and don't ask me why, in those doubts and those moments there, um, he asked me if I would go and you know, smoke a joint with him, and I did. And to me, that was the sin of my life, you know, drugs and everything that uh, come along with that. And the church I got saved in taught that you could lose your salvation. And I, I was convinced I did, because true believers don't do that, what I did. So um, I didn't doubt the Bible. I was absolutely convinced that um, I blew it, that I was going to go, figuratively speaking, very low in hell, because I was one of the idiots that knew everything but didn't make it. So um, that led to five years where I was completely off the radar. I mean, I, I burned all the bridges, didn't go to church anymore, and um, it's only by God's grace I actually survived those five years that followed. And uh, it was always my desire to to go into ministry. I'm, I'm a pretty simple person. If I like something, that's what I do, and I do it all the way. If it's the right thing, that's good. If it's a bad thing, it's not so good. So by God's grace, he brought me back at the age of 25. Um, by his mercy, I believe that he would forgive me and that he's a gracious God. And, and then he brought me back on track. And um, after we got married at uh, age 29, um, we went to see an old, not, not an old friend. It's, it's actually, what is it? I'm really bad with relationships uh, or family relationships. Gobby's sister and her husband. What would that make them to me? Sister-in-law and brother-in-law? Okay. 
Thank you. I, I know my grandparents and parents and my kids, but anything beyond that is kind of, I don't know. I understand a lot of things, but that never really made sense to me. Anyway, they were missionaries in Spain for many years and went to Austria to a, to a Bible school for nine months. And we went there to visit them. And as we were there, they gave me a book there, actually three books, but the one book that really rocked my life more than anything else was a book by John MacArthur, um, The Gospel According to Jesus. And I read that book, and I really had to rethink my whole Christian life. What, what was I doing? Why am I here? What am I using my time for? And then I started reading up on more of his books. I ordered tapes. That was back when they still had actual cassettes and tapes. So, and I listened to tons of them, found out about the seminary, and then found out about EBTC. And um, Berlin is a little bit closer than Los Angeles. So I went to the first Shepherds Conference that they had in Berlin, met Christian, and from then on, everything's history. I was in the first year, the first class they had as students, got to know Christians, Christian, got involved with ministry. We moved to Berlin. I left my regular job, and then somewhere down the line, there was seminary waiting because Christian thought the time has come to really straighten out my theology, you know. <laughs> so... To me, it was an incredible blessing after what happened at the age of 20 that God would give me a second chance, first of all, to get involved in ministry with EBTC and then actually go to seminary, get that kind of formal training, and then he brought me to where we are today, which is something I would never have dared dreaming of because when we went to Berlin, we had three kids, and when we went through seminary, we had five. And we were, when we were done, we actually had six kids. <laughs> yeah, you accomplished a lot while you were here in seminary, not just getting, you know, your education, but also growing your family. And that's a great blessing. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell us, you know, when you went back to Berlin, what were you doing there? Yep. I assume you were working with Christian. And then you moved to Bern after that, right? Bern, Switzerland. And just briefly tell us what you did there as well. And then we'll talk about what, you're, what you guys are doing right now. Yeah. Yeah, when we came back from the seminary, we went to Berlin first and um, just ministered along Christian uh, in Berlin. Became the dean of the training center in Zurich that had opened up a few years prior to us leaving uh, for seminary. And um, the idea always was that if there's a pastoral uh, opportunity for us opening up, that we would move on from Berlin. And uh, actually never thought it'd be, I never dreamt that we would actually go back to Switzerland um, for many different reasons. But um, God prepared the path and um, uh, there was a church in Bern that offered me a pastorate and we went down there and been there almost five years prior to moving on to Zurich. So I, I was a full-time pastor, the head pastor of that church in Bern for the last five years uh, prior to coming here to our new location where we planted a church from scratch now. And um, it was a good experience to, you know, after the school and, and being involved with uh, EBTC and that kind of ministry to actually step into the pastorate and um learn what it's like to carry 
that burden as well and, and minister in that kind of a position. So um, my husband mentioned to me that you have a really good story about this church plant and the place where you are meeting. And he said, to make sure to ask you where you're meeting and how did you find it? And he said, that's, that's important to ask. So could you tell us about that? Well, it's a funny story. <laughs> yeah, we came here and um, we're actually all ready to go to start, you know, go public uh, with the meetings and everything with the church plant, but uh, had a pretty hard time finding a location to rent. Um, for several months, we got turned down in all the different places we went to for for different reasons. And um, it got to be kind of frustrating because I thought, ah, it can't be. We're all ready. We're all good. We were... You know, we had a green light from the Echo Board at Grace to go ahead with that church plant. Uh, we were sent out by the church in Berlin, um, really, I mean, commissioned to do that church plant. We had all our statement of faith, philosophy of ministry, all those things in place and just waiting to run and uh, couldn't find a place. And then one, um, one evening in, what's, in, in December, they have like... Um, how do you call that? They have like a, a, a Christmas calendar with the houses. So every house decorates a window. And then you go there and you have punch and cookies and you get to know all the neighbors, which was really great for us after just having moved here because now we know everybody and they know us and they know what we're all about. So that was very helpful. One of those nights, I heard from a guy there that he was going to go to a concert. And I said, so where are you going? He said, well, just here in town, there's a, con there's a country concert. And I said, oh, really? Well, where at? He said, well, there's, there's this place. So I thought, okay. And I thought, well, if they have a concert, it has to be a sizable room. So, and they've got to have a certain kind of infrastructure. So I put my ear to the ground and found out where that place is and just called the guy up and said, hey, um, I heard you had a, a pretty good location there. Can we meet? I said, yeah. Just come by. So I went there, and the place used to, they used to print the local newspaper there. So it's a, kind of like an industrial building, and uh, they moved on to a different location, and this guy rented the place now, and uh, he's so, I mean, he's not a believer, but uh, I met him, and, and he just told me, he, that was his dream. He always wanted to do country music concerts. And this is like a dream, dream come true that he was able to rent that location, do those kind of concerts, but he wants to make it available for other people too. And I said, well, uh, we might be those other people, but uh, we'd like to start a church. And, you know, it's like, okay. So we look at everything. I mean, the place has a stage. It has a sound system. They're seating for about 100 people. I mean, just like church seating, you know, with rows and chairs and everything. They have tables and chairs where you can eat or do Bible study. They have a little corner for the moms where they can sit to the side with the little kids. They have an extra room for Sunday school, and they have coffee machines. So, um, you know, <laughs> got to have coffee machines, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the guy's so nice. He says, oh, yeah, you know, you can use all of this and this, and you can use my coffee machines and, and everything. Uh, and I said, but just let me clarify, okay? We're going to read the Bible. We're going to preach the Bible. We're going to pray and sing songs. I just want you to know what we're all about. I said, yeah, no problem, no problem. 
So I thought, okay, the place is okay. The guy is okay with what we're doing. So I thought, okay, how much do you want for the place? Because we're just renting on a on a daily basis, like from Sunday to Sunday, just Sunday afternoons. And all the other locations we looked at, they cost us like two to three hundred dollars just for one day. So this guy looks at me and says, "Well, um, how about thirty-five dollars a Sunday? And if that's too much, you just let me know." <laughs> so I'm like. That was unreal. I mean, we're paying him more. I feel bad. You know, he's he's so nice. He's so generous with everything he has. The place is located very central, right in the middle of town of where we live, because we really wanted to plant a church where we at, where we just have natural ways to reach out to people. You know, we have five kids in school. We have five kids doing sports here. It's a small town. People know each other. They greet each other in the street. So. It's just a natural way to get to know people and start talking to them about the gospel. And now the really funny thing is, um, you know, remember I told you, I used to be a long-haired hippie before I got saved. You know what that place is called where he has um, his concerts? What? <laughs> <laughs> he also, like in a little side room, he, he does like wood pellets for furnaces. So he calls the place... Woodstock. <laughs> so it just cracked me up being an old hippie planting a church in a place that's called Woodstock. You know, I just thought that's hilarious. <laughs> well, that, that's really neat. It's, it's so exciting to hear the Lord provide a place like that. And why? And it's perfect. So there's so much opposition there just to people meeting and having a church that it was that difficult to find a place, huh? Well, one person told me straight out. I mean, they would have had the perfect setup for everything that we wanted to do. And I found out uh, later on that he's an elder in a nearby local church. And uh, I assume his answer was more motivated by him being an elder than the, the, the director running the institution where we wanted to rent. Because he told me straight to my face, he said, you know what? I don't think we need another church here, so no, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you use our facilities. It just, boom, right like that. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that, but praise God, He provided a great place. And hey, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, it's only when you're that that was a response out of fear, because if you know your sheep and you're taking care of them, you don't have to fear any competition. No, yeah. But knowing what's going on at his church, I understand his response. Yeah, yeah. Well, tell us, how long have you guys been meeting then in that church? And uh, how's it going? Or, or do you have a lot of new people coming? Or you know, just tell us a little bit about, I know you haven't been meeting very long, but. No. Uh, we had our first public meeting February 1st. And um, we have a core group of three families, including us. Um, both the man, well, actually, and the wives. The wives went through the basic training at the EBTC, kind of like the survey classes. Both their husbands went through the preaching institute at the EBTC quite some years ago. And um, we've been preparing with them for this church plan over several years. So they formed the core group. So there's three families, 
And between the three of us, we have 12 kids. So, um, but we're not counting. I mean, they're kids, okay? <laughs> and um, there's always people coming and looking, you know. Swiss people are not known to be a very, very pioneering in nature. So, um, very slow, very cautious. I just want to observe first. But um, so far, we've had, now we're going to, to have three more families who are attending regularly and um, good families. I mean, really happy to have them there, have them around. And there's two more families that kind of drop in and out here and there. And then there's always some people coming in just to check us out. I mean, there's Sundays where we are up to 25 adults. Uh, there's other Sundays where we're just like 10 or 12 of us. But it's very refreshing to start from scratch because this is really from scratch. It's encouraging and uh, intimidating as well. And you can pick which one it is at what time. It's just a mix of the three, but it's it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. Well, I remember when I was young, we actually attended a church plant here in the States, and it was a lot like what you're describing there. I don't know if that's encouraging or not, but I know you're not the only one going through, you know, just starting out. So yeah. That's how many things start. You know, they start small. That's okay. And we trust that the word has power to save and sanctify people. So our responsibility is to be faithful and let God add as he pleases, just like it did in Acts. Yeah, that's right. Now, we hardly have any time left already. We only have 10 minutes. But um, okay. I want to ask you about the EBTC there in Zurich. Um, and how that's going. Just tell us, like, what are the different areas that you train people in? And then, you know, about your students. And maybe you have a story of a student who has gone and really, you know, been able to serve the Lord greatly. And you want to share that? Um, well, EBTC is one of the campuses of EBTC. We have three all together. And, um, Right now, we have almost 230 students in all three locations and about 70 students in Zurich, um, just in the Zurich campus. So um, there we're offering a Bible survey class, which is just reading from Genesis through Revelation, uh, doing chapter headings, doing summaries of each book and uh, have some background information and have a pretty intensive D-lab, which Gabi is leading for the girls, and I'm doing that with the guys. Then um, after that one-year program of survey class, we have another program which is geared at training preachers. Uh, that's another two-year program. And then we also have a program for guys who are not really, they're, they're not preachers, but they're involved, they, they carry responsibility in the church, uh, they do youth ministry or Sunday school, and they need to know hermeneutics, they need to have a sound theology. So they go through the same pro program as the preachers do, except they don't preach sermons. They prepare like a, you know, like a Sunday school lesson or something like that, but they learn how to handle the Word. And then we just started a year ago, and Christian's heading that up, and he comes down with a team of teachers from Germany every teaching weekend. We also started the counseling track in Zurich. So those are the three programs we are offering in Zurich, and um, 
then overall we have the the masters programs that are led in different locations and that are taught in English where they go into the Hebrew and the exegesis and the Greek and the exegesis but that's just a few guys that can actually do that because uh, at least 90% plus of the guys attending school are fully and by that I mean fully bivocational meaning they work usually 100% jobs uh, they have families, they do ministry, and they study on the side. Our school is geared at training bivocational guys. Um, unfortunately, that's how a lot of churches are set up, but we're hoping to change that and just teach churches that it's actually to their benefit if they start supporting gifted men to free them up to do the ministry. But since we live in a kind of very social setting here in Europe, people think, well, all those things are for free because, you know, the state church, um, they're, being, they're paying their pastors out of tax money, which is just taken out of your regular taxes. The Catholic church pays their priests out of tax money, which is just taken out of your uh, taxes. So that's, we just got to plant that kind of mindset and show them from the Bible that it's actually the church's responsibility to take care of their pastors and have a vision even beyond their own church in giving because we live in a wealthy country. And um, it's we should have churches that use their resources wisely to... Know, take care of their own guys and and be active in missions but that's that's a task that we're still working on and trying to cultivate those kind of churches as we're plant being involved more and more in planting churches yeah so so is there you can definitely pray for the guys just to have stamina to go through because it's tough I mean they work they have families they minister and they have to do 50 hours of homework in a month alongside of what they already have and then they come once a month for a teaching weekend where they get 20 lessons in two days so it's intense yeah, yeah that that is intense but um, what a blessing to hear you have 70 students there alone and you know we actually talked with Christian a couple months ago and um, it sounded like, you know, the, the EBTC there in Berlin is just going incredible. And aren't you preparing to open up a new location at some point? Is it in Poland, I heard? Uh, there's Poland, um, Austria. Those are, yeah, they're, they're getting closer on the radar. There, there's, um, there's good hope that hopefully within the next one or two or maybe three years, we can start with the programs there, yes. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. I mean, it's obvious the Lord is blessing, you know, and um, that's the next thing I want to ask you is just, uh, you know, do you want to share any way that the Lord has blessed you? You know, I'm sure it's not easy because you've moved around a few times now and, you know. We've got experience moving. Yeah, you guys are, are good <laughs> at it, but it doesn't make it easy. And um, I just wondered, how has the Lord blessed you? And then how can we pray for you? It's a blessing how we ended up in the town we're at. Um, it was a blessing that we could leave the church that I was pastoring in Bern on, on good terms. 
Um, even after I left, I uh, went there and helped out preaching and teaching Bible study over a period of six months because they haven't found another pastor. And I offered that to them, and they um, accepted readily. So it was just good to transition out of there in a good fashion. Um, it was an absolute miracle how we found the home here where we live, which is awesome. And I think it's the Lord's leading, too, that... Um, out of all the places we looked at where we could live, we ended up in the same town where my sister lives. And I don't know if you heard about it, Jill, or if uh, Kevin told you, the night we moved here, my sister and her husband who live in the same town, they're both unbelievers, but kind as can be, helped us a lot you know, in preparational work because we came back from the missions conference and two days later we moved. So um, the night we moved, um, my sister's husband had a heart attack. And five more students from the EPTC from Berlin were with us helping, and they stayed at my sister's. One of them is a trained rescue nurse. The other one, Matthias, you probably know Matthias Fröhlich. Um, he's a, he, he used to be a, a special nurse for heart patients. They were there when it happened, were able to resuscitate him twice before the ambulance came. He was still alive when they picked him up and then passed away in the hospital that very night, the first night we came here. So the first thing I did was a funeral after, upon moving here, which was not really what we planned. But my sister has told us over and over how happy she is, how grateful she is that we are close by. So in many ways, I, we see it as God's leading, even dramatic as it was, that we ended up here. And then how it came about that we found the place, and it's just encouraging with the fresh church plant. So there's many ways that God is blessing us. For our kids, too, the schools in Bern were horrible. Seriously, they were really, really bad. The schools here, night and day. We are so happy with the schools they're public schools, but they're good. You know, they have order, they have discipline, they teach them things. Um, it's it's a real blessing that we can send the kids to the schools that we have here now. It's no comparison. And as far as praying for us, just pray for endurance, faithfulness in the ministry, um, more man in EBTC and also in the church plant. Um, really just praying that God will give us Timothy's and Titus's that we can train up, that we can um, work with them, show them how a healthy church works, what it looks like. So in return, we can send them out to plant more churches down the road. That's the plan. Even though we're a church plant, we're already thinking planting more churches down the road, but we need the right kind of man that show themselves approved, that have time to really mature, and then be sent out. And um, as I left the pastorate, I also left the pastor's salary because, believe it or not, the church in Bern paid my way. Um, now we're in a church plant. Three families can't cover what we need. Um, but Gabi and I, we have Matthew 6.33 in our wedding ring. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all those things 
shall be added unto you. And looking back on 15 years of full-time ministry, we have many ways to testify to that. So we trust the Lord that he will provide, um, but are happy for people that God uses to make it through the starting phase until the church can actually start picking up the load there. Well, thank you so much. Um, Gabby, did you want to add anything to that? Is there any way that we can pray for you personally or? It, it's the same for, for the new church also. We have uh, lots of neighbors and I have contact to, to, to women also. And I pray if I should start a Bible study with, with some women here in the town. And uh, yeah, pray for the children and also. Yeah, just pray for us as a family. You know, it's a church plant, so it's not as churchy as we know church. And that's a new experience for us. Um, you know, you don't have all the things you have in an established church. So um, that's a new experience, and it's, it's challenging at times just to, you know, you do everything. And, and, and some things just aren't there yet. You know, we don't have three Sunday school classes for all the ages. Um, so just to live through that, uh, take it with a thankful heart, and um, be able to think outside of the box in a good way in the starting phase without being frustrated out about the things you don't have, which need to grow as the church grows. And that's, that is a challenging thing for us at times, um, as it's new for us. We've never had that. All right. How could one of the ladies here, you know, Dolores Michelson, she's sitting over oh, to yeah. my left and she wanted to know. I'm sorry, Dolores. I, my kids can't recite 25 Bible verses right now. But <laughs> she's, she's wondering, how can we help support you? Is like, who do we send a check to? Do we make it out to um, GMI and then put your name on yeah. the memo? Is that correct? GMI, there's a website for EBTC. Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, we have, yeah, we have your pamphlets here. Is there something on here that would? Um, if you if you go on the GMI website, oh. there's a EBTC Berlin, okay. and there's EBTC Zurich, and EBT Zurich is going to be adapted. That is also going to include the church plant. So if you go to EBTC Zurich, that will go towards the church plant because Christian and I agreed that the money through that platform can be funneled. To Europe because you know it's kind of difficult to transfer money nowadays but if you give to EBTC Zurich on the GMI website uh -huh. that will go straight to the church plant okay that's great thank you Dolores and also that might be an incentive someone offered to match funds whatever you give to the church plant in Zurich will be doubled for the well for a substantial period of time so every dollar is worth two dollars yeah, that is an incentive. That's great. You know, I hate to say this, but some of the ladies have kids in the nursery, and the nursery is probably closing up right now. So we're going to pray for you guys right now, and then we'll say goodbye. So let's go ahead and pray, okay? Thank you. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the Montans and the work that you've done in their hearts, just bringing them both to you, Lord, and... Um, just the, the training that you've blessed Martin with and, and Gabby as well. I know she loves you and 
I'm, I'm sure that she is just such a great example and witness there in the church and in her neighborhood and, and that they both are, Lord. And I just pray that you would continue to bless them. Thank you for the home you've given them and that good transition. Thank you that they're near Martin's sister and that they're able to be an encouragement to her. Lord, we just pray that she might come to know you too, if it might be your will. And um, we just thank you also for the good schools there. And Lord, we just pray that you'd have your hand on this dear family and just give them all endurance and faithfulness. Um, please encourage them as they're meeting in this church plant every week. And it's it's not um, just as, as uh, encouraging to the soul, perhaps, as being in a larger church that's established. And we just pray that you would just just encourage and speak to each one of the people there through your word, Lord. And we just pray that you would bless this plant. And we pray that you would draw men and women there who would want to serve you and would be faithful. And we just pray that you would provide men both for the church and for EBTC that would um, seek to honor you and desire to be trained and would be elders and um other church planners and teachers and preachers, Lord, we pray that you would bless this effort and that you would glorify yourself. And Lord, um, we just pray also that you would continue to bless them just with the funds they need just to live personally and then also, you know, just to take care of all the needs of a new church. We pray that you would provide those things, Lord, and we just pray also that you would work in the hearts of the neighbors there and other people in the town. Give them a desire to, to visit this church and to come to know you, Lord. And we know that each one of us is such a sinner that we could never, on our own, desire to know you. But we just pray that you would work there and change hearts. And Lord, we just pray also for the, the children, Martin and Gabby's children. We just pray that you would uh, just lead them to yourself. Give them a desire to honor you and serve you throughout their lives also, Lord, we pray. And Lord, we just thank you for everything, your, your common grace to each and every one of us and your goodness. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you. Just want to thank you, ladies, for because I know you're faithful prayer warriors, and that's the most needed thing, and we really appreciate that. And, um, thanks for giving us time to give you a little glimpse of what's happening here. David, could you show them the, uh, the room and all the ladies? Some of the ladies have left, but this is our group here, and we're just so thankful that you made time for us today. Thank you so much. It's a blessing to talk to you guys, and we love you, and we will be praying for you, okay? Take <laughs> hey, Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Dolores. Hi, God bless you guys. Take care. Thank you. Thank you. you too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.